Hi, I'm Justin King, and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all-Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. So that's critical, like those tactical steps, because like when I first started going to my first like with AFCA conventions and it's just like 20,000, like what am I supposed to do here? Like, so like all these, all these pain points that I'm bringing up, I'm thinking to myself, like, how are guys figuring this out? And some, you mean, everybody, you got to figure it out, but we can close that gap on how long it takes and some of the the bruises and bumps that kind of go along with it, because I mean, it's tough and it's, but there's also, you have a lot of artillery in your, in your pocket that you just don't know how to use or what to use, when to use and things of that nature. And when it just transitions out of that context. Um, So I mean, you're as an an executive at a company and you see interns come in in the summers and uh, they get that first opportunity. I'm sure you're starting to recruit and like, see like, all right, what do these, what do these young snappers have going on <laughs> what are the main things that you know what are the main things that stick out from summer internships or seasonal internships that make you feel like okay this needs to be a permanent player on our on our roster that's a really good question and it's going to it's going to differ from executive to executive uh, i think for me it's going to be uh, how they brand themselves or today what is their image um, how how they interact with people, the, the, the strength of their communication skills. Um, do they seem poised and confident in that space? Uh, all of those would resonate with me um, from interns. Now, that would be a first snapshot. I think as the internship went on and they're in their job and subsequent projects, so on and so forth, um, I would take the first impression and ideally marry it to how did they do in that presentation? Um, what was their role in project? So I'm so I'm really assessing some kind of front door skills with and we talked about it earlier. How do they think about how do they think around creating solutions and ultimately delivering value? And I think that's important. Because when you are hired by an organization and subsequently promoted, it really is the organization saying, we believe that you can deliver value to our brand and our performance. And the promotion effectively is saying, you've done a great job and we want to take a bet that who you are today will incrementally increase the value that you've given us tomorrow. And, and, and really what's important for athletes is to understand that corporate America is not about philanthropy. Corporate America is about as competitive an environment as any athlete can imagine. And it can be overwhelming if you don't understand it, 
But at the end of the day, corporate America competes off of a penny, no less than that. That's, that's some incredible insight, especially when you said the brand and performance. Like looking yes. at that, imagine up the brand, especially at the critical time, everyone's talking about branding and the NIL era we were talking about in college. And, and it's funny to me because a lot of the educational as, uh, things around it, about it's about tax, uh, tax payments, making sure guys understand that, make sure you keep the bad players away, how to sign an endorsement deal. But I'm preaching that this is a chance to build your professional brand. So if you're like, if you, if you're into something, if I want to work for, work for an AI company or anything of that nature, and I'm getting, uh, NIL deals, like you can start building your brand to match those companies or match the industry in which you want to work in. Like if I'm into cars, like I'm probably going to be sourcing deals and things around cars are putting out a smoke signal to like fans or executives that might come to the games that are alumni that work at Ford or and Hey, this is what I'm into and things of that nature. And so when you get those opportunities to do the internship, now your resume is full of evidence of impact, right? Of like yes. what I've been doing from my just branding standpoint, my performance while I'm on on the job or those different type of things. But I just feel like when you hit that or that brand and performance, these guys are getting NIL deals right now and they're going the internships. And this is a, man, that's an executive telling you guys right now that you can leverage this NIL thing beyond just social media posts or just beyond, you know, signing deals behind the, behind the curtains, like put yourself out there in a sense of what's your brand going to be when you're done playing, because you can set that up now. Like Vic, Victor said earlier, like, there's a there's a growing pains throughout the transition, but we can like smooth those out if we can start getting that work earlier. So I'm very interested um, in just seeing some of these guys resumes now that NIL is in place and how they can really use these real world business experiences to shape their professional brand. Because I don't really I, I knew what I wanted to do after plan, but I didn't really know how to, I thought I was shaping my brand. I didn't really like I was like, no, being viewed as a football player. Right. Yeah. Like, I didn't tap into the different things, but. You live and you learn and you... And J.K., I would add, you know, I would add, and, and you certainly know the the legalities of, of college sports better than I do today, but, but I would add, when you think about the NIL, the I is the most important letter there. That is the image, that is the brand. You did a really good job of, of underscoring my, my point um, to the extent that an athlete can come in in freshman year, um, display a lot of promise, a lot of uh, strength in their personal image or brand. That is a really good time to begin thinking about the long game. And if, if, if you are allowed to have lunch, dinner, any kind of interaction with uh, a business person or a corporate leader, um, it is the perfect time to not just use the NIL deal for immediate financial purposes, play the long game. And the long game for many of us is four years and we're gone. But play that to learning what you'll need to know Post post college, um, and, and sharpen your mind for for that transition. So, 
I, I would add that to, to what you share, that, that image is critical. Um, that's what corporate America is quite honestly employing us all on, is the image and the value that they believe we can bring. Image and the image and the value, because I, I again sometimes as an athlete, it's it, it is heavy on the production and value. So sometimes you don't really care about the image, right? Like I mean, it, I, I, I I'm speaking for myself, but I know other athletes feel me. You know, because it's like right, yeah, right. I operate like this. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna do my thing. So with that being said, what are some non-negotiables for candidates from your perspective that they must have? Um. For me, athletes must have humility. I think it's important that they have self-awareness. Uh, I think it's also important that they're curious. I think those three, for me, feel like they're the building blocks for someone that can be coached, developed, and promoted. I can't at least right now, I'm sure they exist. I can't imagine an athlete who had a hunger at 16, that hunger played out in their favor at 18 through 22, and at 23 and beyond, they just lost, the, the, the fire just died down. Now, I, I know that they exist, but for those where the flame continues to burn, if you display those things for me, um, and curiosity can be associated with hunger, we all wanna eat. We talk about that on the athletic field. Um, I not only can invest in you in the ways that I talked about, but one of the things that's primary to my responsibilities, JK, is talent development and succession planning. And succession planning largely is me working to play chess and navigate what leadership looks like two, five, seven years down the line. That, I, I mean, that you segue right into my next question, kind of a parallel between sports. So like when like there's programs that are at, top 15 level and to get into that top 10 to get in that top five you have to go from good to great great to excellent in certain things and that's like skimming the fat right that's managing performance the growth within the organization and operations and that ha i'm sure that has to happen with the bottom line within companies and that comes into what you were saying of integrating people so can you give me a little bit of of that like how do you manage performance and growth within companies and how do you tie recruiting into that yeah so for, for us, per, uh, performance and growth, performance is, is managed really through the day-to-day -day relationships between the employee and, and, uh, and the leadership. And it should be. You know, there's this process that's called performance management, and it is largely around, more often than not, it's defined by the, at least two more formal meetings that um, that a leader has with, with their employees. Um, however, done right, performance management is a fiscal engagement of that leader who is often and always positioning themselves to coach, develop, and guide their, 
their leaders. Um, and so that's, that's one piece of it. In terms of recruitment and talent, my approach to that has always been understanding the marketplace and the space that we're in. Um, I recruit not just for the moment, but I recruit for the moment after the moment, which is often tomorrow. Uh, right. And so for me, um, throughout my professional career, I was aware that the data often said that we would become a more ethnically diverse country than we were when I stepped into corporate America. And if you trace back my career, you will see where I have advocated, I have recruited, I have trained, mentored, sponsored employees from all walks, but I have certainly worked hard to change the aesthetic view of those functions, groups, departments, where I have had core and primary responsibility. And so I think as I go forward today in my own career, knowing that the country continues to evolve and the marketplace, which the marketplace dictates whether or not my employer is successful today, tomorrow, and the year after, the marketplace is dictating whether I'm paid and employed. So as I think about positioning the organization to continue adding value to the marketplace, how I think about recruitment and the subsequent strategy is really around making sure that there is representation, um, not only through early entry um, employment, which is post-college post graduate, but that I'm doing a good job of guiding the organization through mid-level management and ideally senior management when those opportunities come up. Now, is that when you, when you mentioned earlier succession planning, is that when you think of the succession plan, are you thinking full department succession planning or is that typically reserved for C-level executives, director level, or is it just like a full roster? Because when you talk about succession planning, that's how I look at it from a football ops perspective. We have the succession planning for the four-year gap for players, but also when you have coaches that are leaving every year after success and you have to find a list of guys or just having them ready, like a pipeline of, of, of talent, of evaluating yeah. the marketplace like to an extent. So, so my responsibility today really is just short of enterprise-wide. Um, so I have a, a large scope. I need to really, really be privy and attuned to how are we recruiting for early career levels? Um, but for those that have been around, what does that next level look like? And that's where my responsibility, and that responsibility comes to my own direct reports. Um, are they executing what my message, what my vision, um, uh, what my responsibility is? And if not, then I need to do a little bit of coaching and tweaking there. Uh, and then certainly as it gets beyond that to, to senior executive levels, that's why I work with members of the C-suite to make sure that the data that we're getting we're not getting off track and, and, and we're being responsible and focused on people's strategy, but also how we represent in the marketplace. Got it. 
That makes perfect sense. I mean, it's just such a dynamic space when you're managing people, KPIs, uh, you know, like succession planning. And then it's like a lot of different personalities. I mean, whether you're dealing with CFO versus CMO, right? right. Like it's just completely right. different spectrums. Cause I, I mean, just, I feel that just in sports or football, dealing with a defensive line coach versus a quarterback's coach or whatever yeah, like the correct. thing is that you have to make sure that the gumbo all comes together and like the, you're hitting on the right things. But with that gumbo talk, we talk about like the four key ingredients to you're building a team that will drive business results. Like I like to, I post something a little earlier last week where it's like my four were like talent, trust, servant leadership, specifically at the middle management, because a lot of times that's where things get lost. You get a lot of little power hungry individuals in that space. And then sometimes the people that really care about the bottom line don't know about the problems. And then diversity, diversity all through, right? Diversity in thought, background, experience, even just diversity in the talent acquisition process. So we're looking at um, things from different perspectives. What would your four ingredients be for your uh, your your dream team that drive business results? I, I saw that post and and it resonated with me. So I appreciate you um, uh, sharing that. You know, for me, it is talent, uh, and I and I'll echo what I've shared. You know, moments ago, it's making sure that I have a diverse team, and I've always been an advocate for that, and always surrounded myself with that. So. In many ways, it's kind of a second nature um, aspect that, but but nonetheless, it's still uh, core to that. Uh, I talked about hunger and a passion, and this is this is something that uh, more often than not, it's inherent to the person. It can be coached, but it's attractive to me. Um, and then I'm looking for somebody that's agile. Uh, I'm looking for someone who is um, uh, able to put their put their feet in the ground in one spot, but as as they season and begin to get tenure and really show some of the the the, the core intangible skills um, that are strong to the organization. To use a football term, can they put that foot in the ground and pivot and add value in other areas? And that's really, really important today. I mean, really important today in this environment. We often talk about retention and how are we developing and how are we nurturing our very own? And a big piece of that is going to be those individuals that can put that foot in the ground and pivot in that moment, which is that. So, and that's been my career. So that, that, um, those are, those are my four. Those are, I mean, those are amazing. Cause like you said, the more you can do, that's a saying in the NFL or I mean, I'm sure all professional leagues, like the more you can do the longer your last man, it's 53 right. spots. You better be able to play this position. I play nickel, this, this, and this. You're right. And it's funny. Like you said, you showing that value when you step off the only time it's not the best is when i guess getting into entrepreneurship you got so many ideas it's like no you got to focus but like yeah. other than that absolutely the more you could do and you can pivot and all those good things so victor just to finish up on this what do you see uh how do you see the next five years going on with your career or what do you what's your what like what would you envision in the next five years yeah, for really yourself? really good um great question for for me it's at least in the short term you know, it's continuing to do what I've what I've done. Um, there's still an opportunity uh, 
for me to add value in the way that I've been able to do it. Uh, I think as I get towards the latter half of that five years, maybe the two and a half mark, then I'll start taking a look at a chief HR officer position, uh, a chief people officer position. Um, you know, if I talk to my mentor, my, my sponsors today, they'll tell me that, that I'm ready for it now. It may be a mid-sized company, but I still think that there's an opportunity for me to add value in this space and, and get seasoned a little bit more. But if you're asking me about the five years, I definitely see myself sitting in a chief HR officer or chief people officer role. Glad. Thank you for sharing that. You mentioned one thing in that, that I don't think we touched on too much, but mentors and sponsorship. Yeah. We, we want that's what I want to end on because I think that that's something that's in, incredibly important. Just going through this process, how to get a mentor and the difference between having a mentor and a sponsor and like yeah. how you have to essentially earn both. Correct. 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 <laughs> The, so the how would we go about getting a mentor? Yeah, the, the mentor really is is the employee observing someone that they see as a mold of who they could become or would like to become. And kind of the rule of thumb behind that is identifying someone that is at least two levels above where you are. And that obviously can change with promotions, but, but definitely two levels beyond. And when you see that person, I think the first step is just asking for 30 minutes of their time to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Ideally, at the end of that, you get the opportunity to say, hey, I've watched you do your job for a period of time and, and really have established an appreciation for that. I'm looking for a mentor. I'm interested in learning more. I'm interested in growing. And, and you seem to be doing that quite well. Would you be my mentor? Oftentimes the answer is yes to that, uh, where it may be no. I Presuming that that person has a number of mentees already, but hopefully they're in a position and willing to redirect you to someone with similar skills, with similar background, and, uh, and someone that, that's really positioned to be that mentor. A sponsor is really a higher level leader, and that is someone who is willing to advocate for you principally in those succession planning meetings, that there are only a few people in those meetings. Um, it's somebody who has the ear of, or is a member of the senior level, senior executive staff or C-suite staff and, and someone who leverages that role to get you exposure into project teams, pilot teams, into spaces where the majority of employees um, probably wouldn't know what was going on or maybe wouldn't have that opportunity. And you're absolutely right. That is an earned um, um, opportunity and, and, and quite largely could be boosted by the relationship that you have with your mentor.
That's the key of having a mentor, having uh, shown enough value to them for them to open up their network and having Correct. that sponsor. I like to tell guys or girls, you know, having a mentor is like getting the the house or the hotel. What is it? The ho- the, the house on the on, on in Monopoly. Sponsor yes. is like the hotel when it comes in, like boom, like nah, we're here. Like, you get hit if it lands on this. Because <laughs> once you have a mentor, it like that's what really starts the not a mentor but a sponsor. You start like you said, the exposure to different things, and now you're you can kind of create leverage for new opportunities, and you're proving having a little bit of evidence of impact in these different situations. Correct. Correct. So and that let, those mentors can extend their circles. Let me add one piece to that. And this is something that you and I talked about um, a, a week or so ago. And, and I would encourage your listeners to develop a relationship of some sort with a member of the human resources team. And the reason I believe that is so important, and I would say at a minimum at the director level, that individual can clearly state to you what skills are most prevalent for success in the organization, what competencies and experiences are most successful in that organization. Um, In corporate America, there is the obvious spoken language, but oftentimes there is what's not spoken. And, and, and I think that's important, JK, for your listeners. Um, human resources at their core is responsible for adding value to any and every organization, if by no other means than the people that they develop, invest in, and advocate for. So having your listeners develop relationship with that person, again, at the director level, at a minimum, is, is, is complementary um, to whatever mentor relationship they have with functional leaders and, and, and so on and so forth. That's, I mean, that's cheat code information right there, because I think we're kind of told to stay away from HR. Like, no, right. HR, like, don't talk to them. Make sure it's, it's like going upstairs in a football building, which I wish, you know, I went up there more because like, oh, you talking to the coaches? What are you doing? It's like, no, oh, build relationships and get a job after this thing, man. So, I, man, this has been great. Victor, I really appreciate you jumping on. We like to end with a quote, one of my favorites, and this will kind of mold everything around, but it's like, there's no passion to be found playing small and selling for a life that is less than one that you're capable of living. And that's Nelson Mandela. And based on all these inf- informations, I think these are the skills and tools to be able to do that. Right. I think it's always disheartening when trying to figure it out, move through just your career purpose, understand what you can do and leverage your time in sports to a career that you can bank on. And like you said, being an agile candidate, leveraging these different experiences when you're going through the process is incredibly uh, powerful and beneficial to you for your the rest of your career. So if you guys ever have any questions, check out the Business of Sports Academy from LIG Sports Group, a career and player development where we go into the insights of the different spaces within the sports industry, player, team, league operations, business development, just the whole array so we can set up acceleration plans so you can use sports as a catalyst to the career you can bank on for universities and we have a high school uh, curriculum version. So guys, remember, subscribe to the channel and we are out. Thank you again, VP, for jumping on.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip Recruiting Checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops and Recruiting YouTube channel where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want to help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.